when I was 25 and a half, I started a podcast. The goal? To review some of the newest and the latest movies, along with some other stuff. With the help of my guests, I was able to do this. But there were dark forces tampering with my podcast. And with me. They called it an improvised podcast for some reason. I eventually found help in the form of myself. Yes, the me from a universe where the movies I reviewed got delayed. Apparently, my podcast made it to his universe. I know now that it is my duty, for the good of that universe, nay, the multiverse, to keep recapping and reviewing these movies, to hold listeners over until they could eventually see the movies as they were made in their world. For some reason, they come out differently in my world, but it's kind of entertaining that way. My name is Steven Schinder, and this is Delayed Replay. Hello, listeners. Welcome to another episode of Delayed Replay, that podcast where we talk movies. I'm your host, as always, Stephen Schinder. And if you've been listening to this show for the last good while, you know we've been recapping movies that got delayed in that other universe. But we've also been going through these like Space Jam sequels and spinoffs that apparently didn't come out in that other universe, but came out in ours. And so yeah, we finally got to the last one of these. Uh, it's titled Skate Jam. Um, but first, introductions are in order. If you're new to the show, that can happen. My guest on this show, he has his own YouTube channel, uh, and he is known as Star Raptor. How are you? Good, sir. Hello, Steven. It's good to be back on this fun old show where we talk about that universe where the things somehow just didn't come out. I guess there was some kind of pandemic. Um it sounds crazy, like this alternate universe where these people were literally inside their houses for like basically two years or something like that. And they had to wear a mask and everything else when they went outside. It, it just seemed bizarre, you know? Yeah, it's pretty wild. Like, like I've been keeping in touch with my other self. Uh, he says that some people like are still getting vaccinated. Some aren't listening, which is kind of frustrating, but. Um, yeah, hopefully things are going like things go well over there. But in the meantime, we're kind of offering them a bit of respite with these recaps. Um, so, yeah, uh, like we said, uh, we're talking Skate Jam, which in our universe came out about 2006. So like, if you're unfamiliar with the order of these movies, it was Space Jam that's Space Jam 2 and then Spy Jam, which had Jackie Chan. And then they did Looney Tunes back in action and then Race Jam with Jeff Gordon and then Skate Jam with Tony Hawk. And now, like, both our universes have Space Jam, a new legacy. Um, so I want to know, like, uh, Star Raptor, like, what have been your past experiences with, like, Looney Tunes and Space Jam movies, I guess? Oh, yeah, well, def definitely Looney Tunes. I remember as a kid, you know, I was born in the 90s, so that was still on TV quite a quite a bit, Looney Tunes. I, I, I watched mostly Nickelodeon, but I do remember watching, like, the Coyote and the Roadrunner and Elmer um, Fudd and all that good stuff. But um, it really did revolve a lot around Space Jam. That was right at the sweet spot for me. I was probably around six or seven when that came out. So I was like the right age for, I liked the animation a lot back then. Michael Jordan was like what every like little kid like imagined themselves to be when they were playing basketball at recess and whatnot. So I really got a kick out of that. And, you know, more recent times I've kind of fallen off when it comes to animation in, in general. Um, I know it's kind of been making a resurgence back with um, bringing like things like Chip and Dale to Disney Plus and, you know, DuckTales and all that sort of thing is coming back. Um, but, yeah, I always like the gags. I think the gags are great and they're timeless. And no matter how old or how young you are, everybody seems to just crack up. And it's got like that kind of it, it breaks boundaries and generations with with the humor. So I do enjoy Looney Tunes. Oh, yeah. You mentioned DuckTales. I actually finished the DuckTales reboot recently, and it was a lot of fun. And I, I like went back and um, started watching the original because I don't know if I've ever watched the original before. But so far, it's 
pretty good. I, I don't expect to like it more than the reboot, but it's still enjoyable for what it is to me. But yeah, I definitely relate to like, well, uh, it's kind of weird because like my brother was the one who was more into basketball, whereas I ended up not being that into it. But like in those early years, um, like I've told this story before, but there was a time when like I told my relatives to call me Michael Jordan, like as a nickname. And I just like loved seeing the character um, in Space Jam, like the way he played himself, I guess. And yeah, like we've gotten those other movies, which some of them have like the memory erasing feature at the end, which is why some people forget them over here. But yeah, we've come to Skate Jam. And do you have like any experiences like watching skating or like doing skating yourself? Yeah, so that was very much a big part of my life actually um 10 years uh i was 10 years old when i kind of jumped on my first skateboard and then it was a couple years after that when i really got into it and it was because tony hawk well actually yeah it was tony hawk is why i started skateboard i played the game on the original playstation and from there i bought my board and, and it was basically from that span of me being 10 to about 17 which is basically when i started driving up until that time i'd be going to school then after school We'd always be going somewhere, whether it be the local skate park or maybe getting in trouble by skating on private property because that's what you did. <laughs> Found some some good some good ledges or something. You would be back there, and you know, every once in a while, the cops would ride by and be like, "You guys really shouldn't be here," and they would take us home, and nothing would happen. But it was like, okay, this is this is crazy, but we're we're doing all right. Um, but yeah, no, skateboarding was a huge part of my life. And then in fact, with uh, Tony Hawk, that also opened up my um, interest in music. I love the soundtracks. I think that's one of the big standouts for the games is it really gave um, like shine a spotlight on like alternative punk and metal music, which basically uh, pivoted me into like being a drummer for uh, several years. So yeah, if it wasn't for Tony Hawk, the video game, I don't even know if I would do, be doing podcasting because I'm sure that would have changed my interest in a lot of things if, if I didn't have that large part of my life because it really created like that culture. I met a lot of my friends that I still talk to to this day by finding that they were also skating and, and stuff like that. So, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely huge, huge influence on me. And, and you know, they came out with the um, skateboarding uh, Tony Hawk remake for one and two last summer. And that got me back into skateboarding for like a two or three week span. And now that I'm 31, I'm like, yeah, this is not this is not great, because if if I actually fall and like actually, God forbid, sprain my leg or something, I could actually be out of work now. Back then, it didn't matter. I was just in school. Yeah, whatever. Um, now I have to worry about <laughs> sick time and, and take it off of work and unemployment if I break by my elbow or something. So it's like, OK, uh, I got to take it easy. Um, but still, now, now I prefer to longboard instead, not not so much doing uh, kickflips and, and those sorts of things like I used to. Yeah, like as a kid, I'd see um, animated characters like skateboarding or like skating or biking or using a scooter or whatever. And me and my cousins like had a couple scooters, I think, and those were fun. But I wasn't like proficient at any of those things, but we also had like one of the Tony Hawk video games from like the late 90s or early 2000s. I don't know which one it was. I just remember, you know, you play as Tony Hawk, you're skateboarding in this like sort of empty, vacant place outside of these buildings. And like the music is pretty cool. But I remember also being kind of like, creeped out by the fact that there are like no other people around i don't know if you ever felt this but like it, it's just so weird how empty it felt like it's just tony hawk and like nobody else was like in the area yeah yeah so they did address that eventually what they ended up doing um one of the games called tony hawk underground actually had npcs at one point so so they did uh, fix that issue. But I mean, I'm sure back then, like technical things were a problem where they couldn't have more than a certain amount of polygons on the screen because we're dealing with tech from, you know, 20 years ago. And uh, but yeah, no, I, I could see that it's just a desolate wasteland wherever you go. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that brings us to Skate Jam. And I'm sure we'll like 
touch upon uh, our thoughts on Space Jam and New Legacy later if, if we want. Um, but first, um, here with Skate Jam, like we pretty much get, you know, Tony Hawk, we get like this montage of like him doing like all these like neat tricks and like announcers like talking about like what he's doing and being like all impressed and stuff and crowds are cheering. Like what what do you think of this opening sequence kind of introducing people to him if they're not familiar with him already? Yeah, I think this formula works because as we've seen with the original Space Jam and then the follow-up A New Legacy, they both kind of show the lead um athletes in like all their glory. In case like I like I didn't really know a lot about LeBron James. And then, you know, we see that he shows up and they show all his like highlights and stuff like that. Same thing with Michael Jordan. So yeah, that, I think it makes sense to kind of show why they chose uh, this said athlete to be in said movie and what what makes them so great. Just like a snapshot of, of their life and uh, to kind of give people a little bit more context and a little bit more um, appreciation for for what is about to happen and why this person is so good at what they do. Yeah, but but then we get like the conflict where like there's this up and coming skater who's like also pro and he's like getting a lot of fans but like he seems like a really mean person like it's that thing where like there is a celebrity who's really mean but somehow they still have fans like this is a character made up for this movie and he had, he had like a weird nickname um like, like it was like shredder x or something like it was something like really uh -huh. edgy and cringy like that you know yeah, it was basically somebody's aim. Um, if if you guys, if you're too young, you might not even know this, but there's a thing called AOL Instant Messenger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, in the day of, you know, before we had like broadband high-speed internet, you actually had a dial-up connection where you had to log into AOL by having this weird noise go off on your computer. Um, <laughs> yeah, that weird noise still haunts me but, every once in a while. <laughs> That you would have you would create your your screen name as they call it and fun fact star raptor was my original screen name and it's been with me ever since i was seven um so you would have like people like always making like the catchy screen names with x at the end acting like a badass so you would have a you yeah. would have a lot of that <laughs> and then they would have their away message which would be like some lyrics to like in the case of most of my friends we were into a lot of like rock or or um, like edgier music. So it'd be some lyrics from a metal song or, or an emo song or something like that. And like, yep. So yeah, this is like straight up from that era of Tony Hawk. So I, I, I had to chuckle to myself when I found out the guy's name, like, yeah, they are really hitting it. Shredder X is in this movie. He's played by um, one of the brothers from Malcolm in the Middle. I don't know if you've ever watched that show, but it's the actor who played Reese in that show. Justin Burfield is his name. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, that was a big staple again to, uh, and we keep bringing up the 90s nostalgia. Me and my mother would watch Malcolm in the Middle. Oh, yeah. It actually aired 2000 Funny. to 2006. But my friend on dress in another episode, he was like, I thought that was a 90s show. And it's like, uh, yeah, I guess it does kind of feel 90s. <laughs> yeah, it all kind of blends in, you know, 90s kind of spill into the early 2000s for me. And, you know, it's there. Yeah. And so he's like going up to Tony and like Tony is trying to be like a good sport. But Shredder X is like, you're going to go down, old man. I'm like the new kid on the block and i'm gonna take you down and it's just it's just like super cringy to watch it's kind of laughable like watching it now he basically like challenges tony and threatens to like he, like he basically is trying to make tony retire so that it can just be him dominating the skating world tony does like a training montage because like he feels like he has something to prove and you have like this like simple plan music playing that during yeah. the montage. It's just, you, you know, it feels very 2000s ish. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's the thing about Tony Hawk, right? Is, is the guy still doing this stuff? He's still, I don't know how he does it. I mean, I'm, I know he's had, for a fact, he's had injuries, pretty bad injuries in the past, but he keeps on getting on that board and going down the vert ramp because his specialty is vert ramps. You know, he's not a street skater per se, but he loves going off the big vert ramp, 12 foot ramps. He's 
he's doing 900 still at the age of 50 something. It's insane. Definitely. Like I feel like most athletes, no matter what sport that they are in, cannot maintain that level of sport prowess, um, athleticism to that like decade of their life. Like you don't see football players still playing in their fifties, for instance, or, or any other sport. Right. I mean, golf. Yeah, sure. But most other sports, you lose your you lose your prime. So for this guy, Shredder X, he thinks he could really get on top of Tony Hawk by by outdoing them with these tricks. And, uh, you know, he uh, that's that's I think where we get those Looney Tunes in, into the mix, because he needs to get inspiration from from some of these guys. And um, well, who else would he go to than Tasmanian devil himself? Because Taz spins a lot obviously and that is tony hawk's trademark move is the 900 and he's got to be able to spin basically a 900 for those that aren't aware is basically three 360s in a row without hitting the ground before you hit the ground basically tony hawk is the person that pioneered that trick back in i believe it was like the late 80s early 90s but this guy thinks he can outdo him. And he had the audacity to say, I think I could do it. So he's going to try to harness the tornado sort of power from Tasmanian Devil. Um, but what did you think of how he actually got to bring the Looney Tunes into the real world? It was pretty simple, but I thought the explanation was really funny. Like, because I, I don't know if you ever watched Rocket Power growing up, but like, I love that show. Yeah, there's, you know, it's these uh, kids who are like really great at skateboarding and surfing and just pretty much every like sport where you ride something. And so there's an episode that featured Tony Hawk as himself. And so in, in this movie, it's pretty much a callback to that. He's like, oh, I, I'm able to get in touch with like the tune worlds. And so that's why you see like the rocket power characters again, like, you know, Otto, Reggie, Twister, Sam. But he he's also able to like get in touch with the Looney Tunes world. Like he goes to their world and he, he looks like he switches from like his live action self to his like 2D animated self throughout this movie and i think it's like really well drawn and like i think the interactions are pretty fun like you know he'll try the tornado with the tasmanian devil and it'll just be like out of control or whatever and he'll get like flattened but then get up again because you know cartoons yeah he he needs to like recruit some of these characters because like shredder x like one of the things about the challenge is that shredder x has assembled his own like mega team of like other like human skaters it's like tony hawk doesn't have many other people to have on his team because like even his friends are like jumping on the shredder x bandwagon and so he recruits like the looney tunes the rocket power kids and and even like max bobby and pj who were in like who were like skateboarding in an extremely goofy movie so like this movie had to have been like really expensive if it was like a crossover between Nickelodeon, Warner Brothers and Disney characters. Yeah. Like it, it's insane. I, I it just blew my mind that somehow Warner Brothers made an agreement with freaking Disney, like the direct competitor to Disney. They got those guys in because I mean, I didn't watch the extremely goofy movie. I didn't even know that's a thing, actually. But when you were mentioning about my experience with Looney Tunes, my mind drifted to the Goofy movie. And I know they're completely different companies, but for whatever reason, I guess that movie made such a large impact on my life with like the whole like road trip and everything like that that happened. I, I still have that VHS. There oh, yeah. <laughs> there we go. VHS. Kids probably don't know what that is either. And I'm making myself sound older and older as I keep talking. But there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. But, <laughs> but that was so cool about seeing rocket power because you know seeing squid and all the other guys in there was just fantastic i didn't know i needed that as much as my scene because again i hadn't watched that show in years so to see those guys show up in a movie that already has tony hawk and some of my favorite skaters but then like you mentioned the the way that they actually went back and forth from the animation to the live action 
And I appreciated that they took the turn to do this in like a 2D flat, like classic style rather than like the 3D animated. I did enjoy what the Looney Tunes looked like in the 3D with a new legacy. But it was nice, like really honing in on this on the nostalgia by just using that traditional method. Like we said, they have like Goofy and some of those other characters in the mix. But there was like one that was kind of a blind spot for me. Like in the 90s, there was uh, a cartoon called Street Sharks. Like me and my brother had a couple of toys of these characters when we were kids. But I don't remember watching this at all. But they're basically like these sharks that are like these anthropomorphic sharks that like skate or whatever. And so like having them in the mix and like shredder x has like somehow convinced them to be on his side and it's like i mean i guess if you have sharks like the filmmakers thought they need like the stereotypical villains to be sharks regardless of what they were like in the show which i mean i don't know i guess they want to like balance out having like anime characters on both teams or something yeah yeah so it was really neat seeing how all this crossover started to happen. It did it did remind me a lot of what we've seen recently in A New Legacy when they bring in so many other different um, IP from the Warner Brothers stable of, of different creations. And what we see it even expand even more in this movie, just like every action extreme sport person that, you know, from Sean White to Kelly Slater, the, the professional surfer uh, to, you know, this was awesome. They brought Ryan Nyquist in from from the BMX dirt. Um, they even had a reference to Dave Mira, who was the first person to ever do a double backflip on a BMX bike from around the time that, you know, Tony Hawk was a big, big name in the household. So they really pulled out all stops. So for a person like me that was always into all this stuff, I'm like, all right, I'm sold. Like, I don't care if this movie ends up like that, the plot being convoluted or anything. I'm just sitting here enjoying this right now. Yeah, like they go through different, like once they're actually competing, they go through like all these different obstacles, which causes a lot of hijinks. Like they go through like the canyon from like the ones you would see in like Wally Coyote and Roadrunner cartoons. And obviously like these types of movies are like no rules in these types of things and people are just whatever about them, which is why uh the coyote is able to use like explosives and whatnot and because it's in cartoon land or whatever they're not lethal so like you can see him trying to blow the opponents away and they like get turned to ashes for a moment but then put themselves back together and try to get back in the race yeah yeah this this is kind of where the the movie kind of lost me because at this point it's just a lot of fanfare there's a lot of awesome references that I keep making here, you know, to nostalgia. And I'm just like, why are we even having this competition? Like, why? Why does this even really matter at the end of things? It seems so small scale. It's like, oh, just two guys just having a competition amongst themselves. Like, at least in A New Legacy, the world was at um, risk of losing several people to being like inputted inside of a server. And, you know, with uh, the original uh, Space Jam, I believe it was like monsters that were going to use like um, Michael Jordan as like the permanent like attraction he would never be able to leave. So there was there was definitely a lot of risk in both of those movies and some of the other ones that came out, I believe. I mean, because our minds were erased after them, kind of like Men in Black, (laughs) style, you know, So, so I'm assuming those had some more stakes, but. I'm sitting here watching this movie, scratching my head like, yeah, this is great. We're seeing awesome tricks. We're seeing all these callbacks. But but really, what is the point of this? <laughs> yeah. And like the order of obstacles is kind of weird because you would think that w- they would save the canyon for later. But they're like up front with it. And then after that, they like skate through Chicago, which looks like relatively normal Chicago. But uh you have like bugs and uh daffy and other characters like on their skateboards and like using giant those like giant wooden hammer things to like smash the competition away as they skate through the streets of chicago and there's a moment where uh daffy's like 
weren't we here in the last movie? And Bugs was like, eh, don't think about it too hard. And I just thought that was like a funny meta moment of like, yeah, they reuse ideas and they're aware of it, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we have, you know, the, the different kind of helmet designs, which were interesting to say the least. I mean, it was pretty much like the blast shield from Star Wars, like with, with Luke, you know, training with the training drone there. And so like, all right, you guys, the, the, the next competition here, you got to be able to do all these tricks blind. So you got to be able to just like feel with your feet. And I don't know, like I've never even tried to skateboard with my eyes closed because that just seems a little bit dangerous. But yeah, <laughs> it was definitely like that's where I was like on the edge of my seat because they're they're going down a street in Chicago. Like what the heck is going on? It's just like, holy crap, that does depend on their hearing. It's like almost like being daredevil for a few minutes there, just like using your hearing to to, to figure out where certain uh, moving objects, cars and stuff are at. So that was that was a nail biter for sure. Yeah. And Marvin, the Martian, who like already has his own helmet, he's like, I came prepared. And he puts down like the like the blind shield or whatever it's called. And then immediately he like crashes into a lamppost, which was yeah. kind of funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. And then we get into the, the the part where they go to the forest and there's a bomb that is set there and it's like a sonic bomb. You know, it's it's not going to it's not going to tear you to shreds or anything, but this thing will cause a little bit of a hearing loss if for a temporary amount of time. So they have to basically go through the, the forest like it's it's interesting they have to use special skateboards that have like uh, inflatable tires like they're called like mountain boards and they're sh they're strapped to your to your feet so they're going down like these dirt ramps almost like a the um bmx bikes would do like the dirt competitions and stuff like that so that's pretty cool because then also they had like these uh these gliders that were like attached um so they'd be going off the ramp and then these gliders would like pop out of their backpack and they would like float it kind of reminded me a lot of um mario kart double dash i think it is or whatever the, the latest one is like you go over the ramps with the cars and like little uh, glider pops up and you just float for a little bit so that was kind of cool because that at that moment it was more of like a downhill kind of race there wasn't you know tricks or anything involved it was just like Who's going to get there first? And of course, you got all the different, um, you know, you got Roadrunner there, of course. Like, of course, they're going to be trying to do this thing. And, um, you know, they have wings, but they think that their wings are going to be able to sustain them instead of using a glider. Like, nah, you know, they didn't think they needed that. And of course, they just fall down um, in a bottomless pits um, as, they, as they often do in the car. <laughs> just kind of fall straight down, you know. So that that was like, okay. There we go. We got that one in. Yeah. And, and I mean, all these like different tricks with like the hang glider stuff, like Tony Hawk is pretty much like, man, all this stuff is really nuts. And then uh, you, you got Goofy being like, who says you can't teach an old dog new tricks? I don't know if, if my impression sounded any good, but there you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There, there's pretty much lots of chaos going on in these like racing thing. Um, uh, admittedly, there are moments where the cartoon characters feel like they're kind of just there. Like, like some of them don't feel like fully formed. Like it kind of feels like they're just background for just there for like sight cameos. Um, I kind of compare it to um, uh, what's it called? The the fam the Simpsons guy. The like crossover between family guy and the simpsons where like the family guy characters are like the point of view characters and so they feel more fully formed whereas the simpsons characters feel like they're just kind of there they're just background it doesn't feel like they're actually characters in the crossover like i don't know how to explain it but i kind of got that vibe with some of the animated characters that made their way into this I'm not sure if they could have avoided that or if that was just par for the course because they're cramming in so many characters. But what would you think? Yeah, um, I got the same feeling I got from uh, A New Legacy. I was just like, okay, 
you know, and that's kind of where the, like the product placement sort of comes into place. It's like, okay, they're they're promoting this, especially from Warner Brothers, certain properties. We're putting this here in your face so you can go buy. You know, it's just like after the like the the after like halfway through the movie, I'm like, okay, this is getting kind of old. It's like let's let's try to come up with some original things here because this is this is getting a little bit redundant at this point. So, yeah, I mean. In these movies, product placement is pretty much a staple, which is why, for example, in Skate Jam, you get that moment where Daffy was like, I could really go for a Slurpee from 7-Eleven. And he just like holds uh, up a giant like Slurpee cup and just like drinks it and gets brain freeze. <laughs> yeah, good old Slurpees. Gotta love them. <laughs> it's all the time with those things. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you know, um, talking a little bit more about the um, overall action sequences in this movie. I, I So it's really the three. You have that big uh, moment in Chicago. You got the moment in the forest. And then there is that whole gag with the cheese that I found actually kind of hilarious when, you know, they're, they're stopping. Um, this is like a little intermission, you know, between the, the between the traveling and all that. And. It's just their their skateboard, you know. It's Tony Hawk, and he got a, a bunch of his friends. They're hanging out, and, and in walks the 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 people from Jackass. <laughs> <laughs> you got Chris Pontius, and you got the good old Bam Margera, and it's like those, that trio guys. They're, they're all hanging out, and they're like, "Hey, let's let's see how much of this like cheese in a can we could just eat." at once like let, let, let's just see who could just eat the most of the stuff and, like try to get one can like the entire can in just and digest it at once and it was just so sickening but it just was hilarious to me i don't know it, it was like so far out of left field like it had nothing to do with anything else it was like <laughs> why is this happening but then again, it's Jackass, which is like a staple in like the the 90s. And, and of course, Tony Hawk's is there and he's doing his best. And um, <laughs> that, that was funny for me. This movie is pretty much my only experience with Jackass, because like whenever I saw commercials for it, I was like, yeah, that doesn't seem like my cup of tea. <laughs> but I, I did think it was funny that when they were like eating the like spray cans of cheese, um, Bobby from the Goofy movies is like, yeah, now you're talking my language, cheddar. And he just like squeezes a cheese out of the can into his mouth and like joins in on that whole thing. <laughs> oh, that was so funny because, yeah, I remember that so well from those old movies. <laughs> it's like, of course, he would be there at the perfect timing to have have a say in that thing. For the next racing thing, Marvin the Martian uses like a shrinking ray but to like make this piece of like swiss cheese grow like gigantic size so like all these characters are like trying to skateboard their way through the inside of it and going through like these tunnels and all these twists and turns and it's like whoa which way's the way out and it's like pretty crazy i think yeah yeah and and then they finally get there they, they get to this famous warehouse that is really the end of this whole thing and that is where, you know, Skater X or Shredder X, you know, matches up with Tony Hawk. Um, but, you know, this warehouse, for those of you that aren't familiar, if you anybody has ever played the original Tony Hawk or Tony Hawk remake one and two, that is the first level of the game. So, you know, there's all different kind of things around this level. You have the skate letters that are scattered around. You have um, the secret room, which has the, the secret tape. You have the different boxes that you have to knock over all five of the boxes scattered throughout the level. Um, you know, you have the, the rails on the, on the middle part, then you have like certain gaps you have to jump to, to also get the, the different, um, symbols of, you know, I forget what those were are oh, the spray cans as well. So they actually replicated this thing perfectly in real life somehow, which was mind blowing to me. It was like, Holy crap, like they actually digitize like certain items. I mean, it shouldn't have been that surprising though, since like obviously there's like animated characters in the movie alongside of live action counterparts. But it was like, holy crap, this is my childhood come to life. And it was <laughs> it's like 
you actually have like the two minute timer on each on each skater. So each skater had to go down and 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 do the maximum score. So basically, uh, that's what the original Tony Hawks were: is you had all these challenges you could do. Um, some of them were requiring you to get like a score of fifty thousand for bronze, and silver is like two hundred thousand, and gold's like five hundred thousand. So that's what they were trying to basically do. It's like each skater had three shots, and they would alternate. First skater two minutes, then it would go to the other skater two minutes, and you would get like an average score out of those three heats, basically. So it's pretty tight because, you know, you had them going neck and neck like Tony Hawk would do his first heat. He would do really well. Then Shredder X would be pulling ahead by a little bit, you know. So it was actually pretty nail biting because you got down to that last heat for each of them. And this is where they had to really pull out all stops. And and at this point, you know, you have Skater X. He, he got mentored by Tasmanian Devil, Taz himself, to be able to pull off a 1080. He was able able to harness that speed, that tornado to be able to pull a 1080, which is just a little bit better than the Tony Hawk's classic uh, 900. And he actually lands the 1080. He actually lands it on the vert ramp. And so like it looks like all hope is lost for Tony. And somehow Tony manages to do a 1280 which is one step higher than a 1080. And where was it? A 1260. I don't know because nobody's ever actually done it. So that was insane. Like, like nobody knew this whole time that Tony actually had been practicing this move. It's crazy because then he actually revealed how he actually landed this thing because he had a little bit of help from somebody else um, on the Looney Tunes uh, cast of characters. and. I just couldn't figure out at that moment, like, who is it going to be? The the anticipation is killing me, you know, because they they had a whole moment like that in A New Legacy. They're like, at intermission, they're all like, hey, we got Michael Jordan to help us out. And they're like, that's Michael B. Jordan. Where's Michael Jordan? Cracked <laughs> <laughs> me up. Like, they yeah. absolutely. Yeah, that was, that was the one joke I was hoping they'd have in the whole movie, and it just checked off that box for me. You no, know, I, I got totally blindsided by it. I should have thought of that, but I got blindsided by it. It turned out that there's actually a cousin of Tasmanian Devil that nobody knew about. It was in like, like one episode in the, in the background or something that you would have to like pause it and find this like duplicate character um, that was never actually mentioned. <laughs> I was like, whoa, they took such a deep cut on that one. Holy crap. That was one that I wasn't even aware of. Like, I mean, Yeah, it makes sense, though, because, like, you know, in Space Jam, there's, like, another bunny. There's a female bunny. They called this one the Tasmanian Angel or something, right? <laughs> yeah, that's it. Exactly. So so there you go. It, it was um, the female, like, counterpart to Tasmanian Devil. And everybody went crazy because, like, this was a long-winded thing. And even though it was two minutes per heat, it felt like it was about ten minutes. Like, it, there was so much time. Like, each second just weighed so heavy in the, in this whole thing. Like, obviously, it's a trope to make, like, a version of the character that's the other gender. And it's like, uh, okay, that's... Fine. I mean, it kind of works for this scene and it does feel a bit info dumpy, like, oh, there's this backstory that was not mentioned earlier. But then again, like these jam movies are kind of like just straightforward and to the point and whatever. So uh, I was fine with it, I guess. Yeah, it really is just a. Uh, yeah, fine ending. It, it was it was fine. Um, it, like my my whole problem with the with the movie really stems from the beginning again. I was saying before about yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of stakes. There's a whole lot of reasoning for doing this. It seems like certain scenes played out just for the hell of it. Like, what was the point of that other than to get a couple laughs from the audience? You know. Yeah, and admittedly, it is. It was kind of funny how like Shredder X when he lost, like they pretty much just dropped an organ on him and that was it like they just walked away from him 
but then you get like this funny cameo from professional skateboarder uh, Rob Deerdick. Like he shows up, he's like, hey, Tony, I'm here to help you out. And Tony's like, hey, you just missed the whole thing, man. And Rob is like, oh, man. Well, is is it, is it too late for me to uh, advertise my show? And he's like, oh no, go ahead. And Rob Deerdick is like, check out Rob and Big on MTV this November. And like, like you see, like a promo with like him and his friend Big in that MTV reality show from back in the day. I don't know if you ever watched, but uh, like I got nostalgia during that part, like rewatching it this time. Oh yeah, I used to love that show. It was great stuff there, and it's like. Man, even at the end, they're still throwing my childhood at me. Or I wasn't really a child back then. I was more like a teen when that show was on MTV. Back when MTV still actually had reality. or Well, I don't even know what's on MTV anymore. <laughs> it was some reality, and who knows what's on there now. Yeah, what's funny is um, th- this episode will be coming out just a day short of the 40th anniversary of MTV. And it's like... Yeah, like what happened? Like they started out with music videos, you know, start with Video Killed the Radio Star by the Buggles. And then like um, years later, it became mainly reality TV. And and, like there were a couple shows I liked, like Robin Big and its spinoff, Rob Deerdick's Fantasy Factory. But like these past several years, like I've had no idea what's on MTV. I've like fallen off of it. I know there was like a Spider-Man cartoon in 2003 or something, but it's like, what happened? Is is there still music on this channel? Like, I don't even know anymore. (laughs) Yeah, that would have been how I actually find out like all my bands. It was that and the Fuse channel. I'd be be watching those, seeing seeing good old music videos. Do people even make music videos anymore? Everything's just streaming, you know? It's just like, I don't even know the music industry anymore. Yeah, you kind of have to like look for some on YouTube because I think there are still some modern bands that make music videos every once in a while. Like, uh, what what's this one band? I think it's called Go, if I remember correctly, and they have like some really good music videos. Oh, they're called OK Go. Okay. Um, oh. But yeah, so might be worth checking out. Um, but getting back to this movie. Um, yeah, they kind of wrap it up like neat and tidy and like someone is like, OK, folks, let's all go t- back to our respective studios. Like it's a very meta thing. And Tony Hawk, like 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 Bugs gives Tony Hawk like the sort of memory erasing device. And then Tony Hawk turns to the audience and like uses it. And it's like if you blink, you'll remember. But if you don't like you'll have to like watch the movie again. Um <laughs> oh man so well i guess we both blink then yeah this time anyway (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah it it was interesting like i guess seeing tony hawk in this movie where he's in his mid to late 30s or whatever but well we'll talk about a new legacy like right after uh very briefly but overall what were your final thoughts and score out of 10 for skate jam yeah so so skate jam i think it was fine it's hard to like always rate something when you like so many bits of it but know deep down that it might not be a great movie <laughs> <laughs> like it's like a guilt it'll be like what would be called a guilty pleasure it's like yeah i know right. the mass populace is not gonna like this thing i understand it's not that great but i it's like comfort food like i watch this i get all the things that i love in this movie so yeah with that being said i'm gonna give it a a seven out of ten. Seven kick flips there you go <laughs> nice yeah I, I was actually also gonna give it a seven like <laughs> uh seven out of ten skateboards um yeah i agree this this does feel like a comfort food type of movie like it's very blatant it's supposed to like hit you in the like childhood nostalgia feels like there's not a lot of depth to it like tony hawk has such a great personality so he he definitely like is very magnetic in this but at the same time it's like yeah, this is a jam movie and they're not trying to like do too much like um I guess high quality stuff you might say but like yeah, uh, I thought it was 
fun overall. And I mean, like for a while, it seemed like this would be the last jam movie. Like it didn't perform as well as like the other movies did. So I guess he decided to like uh, take a break from these Looney Tunes slash live action type of movies for a while up until like Space Jam A New Legacy, which um, I guess we could get into that. Like you and I kind of had like opposite opinions of Space Jam A New Legacy. So like what was your take on it for the listeners who aren't aware? Yeah, so I thought it was fine. It was just for me, it was like the plot was okay like i understand they had to get something going with the server verse and you know it just was killing me with like all this stuff in my face about game of thrones and harry potter (laughs) and like it was so distracting especially at the end of the movie when they're all at the basketball court and like i was constantly like looking in the background to the point where it was distracting me from the actual like goings on of the story because i was like oh there's there's Asia Smith or or there's the, the giant um, metal robot thing. And and oh, there's some people from Slytherin. It was it became like a where's Waldo in the middle of the movie where I'm like, OK, <laughs> definitely <laughs> a bit distracted. I thought LeBron James was fine. Like he was OK. Like I didn't expect him to win an, an Academy Award for this thing. All right. So it was. It was serviceable, but I would be like, yeah, don't quit your day job to do this. (laughs) Know that you've tried your hardest, so I got to give you credit for that. I did. I know you said something about the the, the father son relationship. I did enjoy that. I feel like there was way more of that in this one than there was in the original Space Jam. So it did give a little bit more heart to the whole thing. Um, And I did enjoy like the animation, the animation of the actual um, Looney Tunes looked really good for the 3D. I'd never seen them 3D before, but I think they did a a damn good job with with representing them um, in that format rather than just like your traditional 2D. Another thing was that I got to take off a little bit for because it felt so formulaic um, in concordance with the original. In other words, like, oh, both movies start with the kid, you know, playing basketball and it it kind of followed the same exact formula like to the point where it was like a detriment to the actual movie in my eyes because i was like oh i feel like i'm watching almost the same movie again because then like they have that halftime thing where it's like they're both down points and they're all kind of kind of feeling down on themselves and something happens where they pick themselves back up so like it just felt so derivative of the original that I was like, okay, what is obviously there was new things in the movie that the, the villain was completely different. I thought the villain was somewhat enjoyable. Um, the, the character, the, the actor that plays war machine in, in the Avengers movies, yeah, Don Cheadle, Don Cheadle. Yeah. I think that was fairly entertaining, but just the plot was just so abstract that they were trying to find some way to, to basically smush together all of Warner brothers properties. So, but uh, yeah, I mean, for me, it was a movie that I'll like watch once once and I don't know if I'll watch it again kind of thing because it just it was entertaining at the time. But I don't know if I could like rewatch something like that again. It just didn't hit me to the degree that I would like rewatch it really. OK, that's fair. Uh, I mean, for me, it was pretty much what I expected. Like, it's what I expect from these jam movies. You know, there will probably be, like, nostalgia and product placement and stuff like that. Um, like, the trailer looked very much like it was going to be Ready Player One-ish again. And so I, I was kind of, I guess, I, I was kind of digging how it looked as, like, a, a piece of mixed media art with the 2d and the 3d and the live action i thought it all meshed pretty well and i did get a kick out of like seeing like like i know it is like self-advertising for warner brothers but i did kind of get a kick out of seeing the looney tunes characters and all these like different warner brothers movie scenarios and all the characters and whatever and yeah, like the father's something. Like I do think it adds an, an emotional core to it. Although I will admit there are moments where uh, LeBron is like acting how a bit too calm for someone who's like whose son has gone missing. Like he'll be panicking about his son and then he'll like 
meet Bugs Bunny and be like super excited. And it's like, uh, I feel like a dad would be more concerned in that moment instead of like fanboying over Bugs. But <laughs> yes, like I definitely acknowledge that. But overall, like for me, it, it is a fun comfort food type of movie um even like i enjoy it more than skate jam uh probably more or less as much as the original space jam um like i i would definitely watch this one uh again like i i would watch a new legacy again at some point so i i guess that's just like you know these movies like hit you and me differently and that's just the nature of cinema like people are gonna have different reactions to this stuff and it is what it is there you go it is subjective and everybody's opinion is their own and you know that's what's so great about it because sometimes having the discussions of of why someone likes it besides the person that doesn't like it are the most interesting as long as you know we keep it civil of course that's yeah interesting discussions happen I think. Yeah, the power of friendship and podcasting or something. <laughs> I know this is off topic, but recently it was uh your birthday, Star Raptor. How'd that go? What'd you end up doing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Um it was exhausting, but really, really fun at the same time, if that makes any sense. So um <laughs> I took two days off of work and I live in New Jersey and we have Six Flags Great Adventure theme park over here, which is has some of the raddest rides you'll ever see um, anywhere or ever ride anywhere. Um, so I went there and well, there was like basically almost no waits on any of the rides, even the brand new one, the, the Jersey Devil that just opened up like this year, basically had like a 10 minute wait ride. Um, so me and my friend, we went there. And within the first two hours, you rode on like maybe eight or nine different like crazy like thrill ride, roller coaster, spinny things, whatever. But it was so much in such a short amount of time that it almost felt like we had heat exhaustion slash were hungover because we were like, okay, I think we did a little bit too much too quickly. So we, we, <laughs> had, to take, we had to take some time to just kind of cool off and, and do a few other little rides from time to time. And, uh, you know, it was like 90 something degree. It was about 90 degrees. So we had to had to hydrate as well. But towards the end of that, um, and you had seen seen the pictures and videos, I think um, we had found a dinosaur walkthrough um, that was really (laughs) neat, actually. So it was just like this, like big circle that we walked through, um, like in this forested area. Uh, It was only like five bucks extra. Um, it was inside the park. We just had to pay like an additional five bucks. So I was like, yeah, whatever. We'll, we'll do this. It was a lot of fun. Like some of the animatronics weren't working, so they were just, just doing nothing. But some of the dinosaurs were actually rather more expressive than, than I would think, because I mean, these aren't like official Jurassic park dinosaurs or anything like that. They're just, I don't know where they're from, but, uh, this is the first time I've seen anything like this there. And I know from hearing from other people, usually it's like a drive through experience, but being able to actually walk up close to these things because there was no fence or, or barrier or anything. They just like the people at the beginning were just like the, the, the people that worked there was like, just you can take pictures and videos, just don't touch them. But you could get your head like right near these things and be like, this would be like what it is if a dinosaur got near me because you're just standing right in front of a T-Rex. But like, see the scale of this thing is freaking crazy. Like <laughs> it was like. Holy crap, like seeing seeing the raptors there and they had the feathers on them. So they're more like the realistic version. I was like, I would just be like, I don't know how how I'd react to something like that other than just like having a heart attack because, oh, my God, those things were terrifying. <laughs> that was that was really cool. Did this Six Flags also have like Looney Tunes stuff? Oh, yeah, it did. So so the Six Flags is really cool because, um, you know, obviously Warner Brothers owns them. So they have like most of their stuff is is DC. So it's really neat. Like if you're a fan of DC, you go there, you got a Green Lantern ride. You have a Superman ride. You have a Batman yeah. ride. You got a Wonder Woman ride, which is a newer one. A uh, really cool ride that I went on uh, that we went on was a uh, the Justice League uh, battle for Metropolis. And it's almost like a Disney World ride where it's really a lot of animatronics you get um 
uh, different kind of uh, 3D glasses you put on. You go into this car and it's got a blaster on it. Kind of reminds me of like the Toy Story game or whatever, the Buzz Lightyear game. Um, so it was really cool because that, that, I had never been on that ride before. And it like stops into, in front of certain screens and it's a simulator at the same time. So you feel like the wind hitting your face as if you're actually moving like in a city and you're trying to take out like Lex Luthor's goons and his machines and like the inmates that got out of Arkham Asylum. And there's like a little score counter that's going on. So the whole time you're fighting um, against your buddies that are also in the same cart and you're trying to see who gets the most score. But that that was a heck of a lot of fun. Um, but yes, they do have like different Looney Tune rides like they have like a lot of the Looney Tune rides. I notice are like the themed rides in the kid area park part of the park. It's a big park. They have all different uh, little districts and stuff like movie town and the frontier land and all that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's very much you know merch everywhere they would have like the characters walking the looney tune characters and the big costumes walking around stuff like that so oh yeah pretty cool pretty cool when i went to six flags magic mountain a few times as a kid i would always go to the looney tunes land uh, the, the one that's here in california somewhere but yeah i've never been to like the bigger rides because like i wasn't like old enough at the time so Maybe someday, but yeah, Six Flags is pretty cool. Sounds like you had a lot of fun. Yeah, and then and then the next day, um, down the shore, there's a water park. So we were we were there as well. Nice. It was like two days of like getting my brain rattled around in my skull from the <laughs> slides I was going down to the roller coasters I was spinning around on. I was like, all right, I am done, and I'm gonna get a really good sleep um, tonight or yesterday. In fact, that was, um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of fun, but also exhausting. Kind of the same feeling I get when I go to Star Wars Celebration. It's like you got all that excitement. You got that going like eight hours a day for three, four days. And the last day, you're just like a zombie. You're drained. All the excitement is uh, takes its toll on you after a while. And then you have to pay the price. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, Celebration last year was like very <laughs> exhausting, but it was a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we got all that we got all that great stuff at celebration last year. It was like all that content with the Mandalorian season two, all that stuff with the bad batch stuff yeah. with like the star Wars squadrons game. Ah, oh, man, I, I missed, uh, missed 2020 celebration so much. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I guess we'll just wind stuff down now. Uh, so thanks for joining again, star Raptor. Where can people find your stuff? Oh, of course. Thanks for having me, Steven. It's always a blast doing these. There's always so much to talk about with with all these movies that are that are coming out. Um, you can find me um, primarily on YouTube at youtube.com slash Star Raptor. Um, there I talk a lot about movie reviews as well as lots of Star Wars is usually the primary interest that I like to dabble in over there. And I also do have a Star Wars weekly podcast um, called Outer Rim Transmission me ben and milton every friday around nine o'clock eastern you guys can catch us on my youtube channel the same one um as we talk for about an hour and a half to two hours per week on the news on whatever new show like bad batch is running we review those episodes um and then it's available for every everybody to download on whatever podcast app you prefer apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, all that good stuff so you can find that one Again, at Outer Rim Transmission, that goes weekly. But thank you so much for this. It's always been fun. Oh, yeah, definitely. And people can find me at Steven Schinder on Instagram and Twitter, Steven Schinder Storytelling on Facebook. Uh, you can find info on my book, Lemons and Like Rain, over at stevenschinder.com. Still in the process of revising the next book, so keep an eye out for more info on that whenever it comes out. Like me and my dad recently launched a podcast called Yes Shift. It's all one word, Y-E-S-S-H-I-F-T, uh, where we talk about the progressive rock band Yes, which has been around since 1968. I think we're coming out with a sort of MTV-inspired episode uh, really soon. So uh, there's that and also lots of other fun topics to talk about there. I was also on IPC talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League, mainly the second half. So check that out. And uh, also a shout out to a friend of mine, Jesse Bennett, who just 
launched his podcast, a question slash possible answer, where he and his friend Phil talk about uh, questions and what if scenarios they have for movies they've watched. Uh, their first episode is on the Star Wars prequels. That was fun to listen to. So you can find that over on anchor.fm. Um, and I'll link it in the show notes along with the other stuff. And yeah, if you want to email delayed replay, you can email delayed replay podcast at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about any movie, I guess. Um, all right. And next episode, I think it's going to be Sing 2. Yeah, we'll get back to talking about recent-ish movies. Uh, but without further delay, have a good day.